If you have your Bibles, I want to read three scriptures. The Lord has brought me back to this. I can't leave it yet. I don't know if we will leave it completely ever. We're in the time of the end, and every time I start talking about the end time, uh, we have to qualify some things, and it gets me uh, preaching and teaching on those things. The Bible said in the last days, and I believe we're in the last days. How many can agree with that, that you, you understand and appreciate what that means this morning? In the last days, perilous times will come. That is something that qualifies the days as the last day. Perilous times shall come because men shall be lovers of their own self. And because of self-love, all the other sinful conditions within the human condition occur. It, Doug did it really well to illustrate that when he, he drew, and I don't know if he put it on the web years ago, but when I taught on this and preached on this, he, he, he drew a tree trunk called self-love. And out of that, every limb out of that tree trunk, Men shall be lovers of their own self. It's the ultimate sacrilege when instead of worshiping God, man begins to make himself as God. And literally through self-love, worship one's own self. It's the ultimate slap in the face of God. Romans 1.18 is when, said when they knew God, they would not worship him as God. But they worshiped and served what? Creature more than creator. Therefore, God gave them over to go on into that darkness. That's a terrible door to darkness is self-love. You don't have to go down and draw a pentagram uh, in some satanic service to get a door opening into that dark world. Self-love will open that door. And we don't treat it like the dangerous thing that it is many times and that's why jesus said if you're going to follow me if you're going to be my disciple it starts with self-denial not self-exaltation or self-gratification uh, don't get me wrong uh, i bought a cake for my wife it was really for me i enjoy it it came from the moreno bakery I know the cake is good when she takes a picture of it and puts it up on her Facebook. Did you take a picture of that cake? It's too late now. <laughs> between, between, between myself and my son, I'm not talking about enjoying life. He giveth us all things, and I'm glad this is in the Bible. He giveth us all things richly to enjoy. But he says in his word to be temperate in all things. He says, beware, lest your heart be overcharged with surfeiting drunkenness and the cares of this life, that that day would come upon you as a thief. Well, what is surfeiting? It's banqueting. It's eating. And, and what, what does, listen, there was more feast in the Bible. There's more about feasting than there is about fasting not to denigrate fasting or put it in, in, in some low place. It just means that, that if, if, if you're going to a Jewish festival, it's the Feast of Tabernacle. It's the Feast. We're going to a supper when we get to heaven. It's called the Marriage what? Supper 
of the Lamb. We're told when we repent in the book of Nehemiah, and I'll tell you after the service, and I get the big amens for that. Amen. Nehemiah stood in, in Ezra. Ezra the high priest stood in Nehemiah chapter 8, and he spoke from a pulpit made of wood. The first mention of a pulpit is in that someone spoke from He read from the book of the law. They saw how far they had drifted. They're back home from Babylon, but they had drifted so far from God. And as he read from the book of the law, their hearts were broken, and they were full of repentance, and they were weeping. And he told them to quit weeping. Once you repent, God don't want you to have a long face. He wants you to enjoy the blessings of being back where you needed to be with him. So he tells them, he says, go and eat the fat and drink the sweet for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When the prodigal home, prodigal son comes back home, what's the first thing the father does after restoring him completely with the robe and the ring and the shoes and the kiss on the cheek? He says, go and kill the fatty calf. Let's celebrate because this, my son that was lost, has now come back home. So when, it's said, when we talk about self-denial, we're not talking about not enjoying the blessings of the Lord. The Bible said the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Uh, Mike just moved into a home that was built from the ground up according to the specifications that he and the architect agreed upon. It was a hassle to get in it. But the first morning he woke up in it, he said, I feel like a rich person didn't you? You put it on Facebook. If it's on Facebook, I'm going to get it and I'm going to use it. If you don't want me to use it, don't put it on Facebook. And you know what? We, My wife and I both said, you know, I, we love to see gratitude like that, that. God loves when he blesses us for us to enjoy the blessing and all he's asking is that we show gratitude for him. My son gave my wife my, my youngest son gave my wife a birthday card with a substantial financial gift in it. He didn't make her, a, 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 you know, a, a, a turtle out of a seashell. You know, this <laughs> that he had the right turtle on so you'd know what it was. <laughs> that was young stuff. But, but you know, my, my, my youngest son is 45. 40, 44 going on, 40, 45. He's mid, mid-40s. My oldest son is with the Lord. My youngest son is still with us and because he needs our help. But he blessed his mother today with a financial gift. And he says, y'all go have some fun. And this time we could really do it because he gave enough in the financial gift. <laughs> hey, man, we could really do something fun with it. And, and he said, y'all go have some fun. He was just beaming. And he said, and for, you know what we got him for his birthday? One of those little igloo for his little garage apartment, little humble place he lives in. And an igloo freezer because he cooks his stuff in the microwave, you know. And he's got frozen things, and most of them are the oriental things. And, and he checks out at, at Walmart, and there's this very nice, sweet oriental lady there. And, and, and she always compliments him. And, and I think he's gone completely Chinese. Can you say, man? He, 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 she'll say, is that as good as it looks? 
And he said, yes, it is. And they're having this little conversation. And you know Walmart is backing up and people are ready to pull out their, pull out their, you know, whatever and say, move the line. But he gave that gift. And, you know, we gave him that little igloo. You've seen the small chest top tree for his birthday. He couldn't get over it. He walked right by it, sitting in the box by his door. And he walked right by it. I said, did you see your birthday gift? And he looked around and saw that. Oh, Dad, Dad, I've been wanting a freezer. Oh, Dad, Dad, it's so great. And, you know, and and and, and we, we put it in his room. It's been how long? Since March? Since the middle of March? And he, he said, and after we thanked him for giving such a gracious gift today, <laughs> he said, but I thank you. I thank both of you for my freezer. I love my freezer. <laughs> I was Pee Wee Herman in his latest latest movie, and he was cooking, and this guy had the biscuit, and he said, and Pee Wee was was mad about something, and he said, he said, Pee Wee, I just love this biscuit. I'm going to take it with me. He said, well, why don't you marry it then? But yeah, that's stupid. But gratitude. All the way down here, we were thinking, thank the Lord for a son that is grateful for what you do for him and wants to be a blessing to you. And I thought, well, Lord, bless him then. I know you're going to bless him in life. I know you're going to take care of him. I know you're going to make a way for him. And, and, And I see the value of gratitude to the Lord. Listen to me very carefully. These are those days called the last days. And you've got to focus on the good things because the bad things are everywhere. You can't hide from the reality of what would be occurring in the last day. Perilous times will come because men shall be lovers of their own self. Proud, boasters, truce breakers. They they will be disobedient to parents. They will be incontinent. That means without any sexual uh, constraints at all. Uh, they won't be able to control themselves. Normally, incontinency is with a bladder that it doesn't uh, hold back any longer. But this is unrestrained sexuality. No moral code and no self-discipline. Incontinent. This is the time that we are living in. And it connotates the wearing down or the wearing out of people. If you get caught up in how bad it is, you won't see the goodness of God through it all. You see, Jesus said, when you see, talking about the negative signs of the end in general, and some specific things prophetically, when you see as Christian believers these things, that would mark the last days when you see them coming to pass. Don't be like a turtle and pull your head in. Don't get cast down and say it's useless to witness. It's useless to to believe that true revival can occur in times like these. No, we're in the kingdom for this time. God must have confidented you and me to plan. I believe God planned me to be where I am today. I'm here in the sovereign will of God. 
And that's why I'm excited about this small group of people because this sermon is going up on the World Wide Web and we have a footprint. You know what that means? That means if you type in THCOG, we come up out of the thousands of websites that could come up. And it's because we've been on over a decade, maybe 13, 14 years because of our webmaster. Honestly, people have asked him to do a website for them because of our website has done so well and kept up and kept so current. And it is a ministry to the nations that goes out of a humble little ministry here. Little is much. That's not a scripture, but it's biblical to say it. Little is much when God is in it. Can you say amen? And God is in this. Perilous times will come in the last day. And Jesus said about the negative things, when you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head. For your redemption is drawing nigh. The coming of the Lord is near. The manifestation of the Antichrist, therefore, is near. Because both events occur in proximity to one another. The Bible said that day shall not come, the day of the Lord, the tribulation period. Unless this happens in the church, not in the world, but in the church world. Except there come a falling away first. It is the Greek term that was used for divorce. It's when we are a spouse to Christ through the gospel. We fall out of love with Him. And you don't quit loving. There's no middle ground. The Bible said you're going to love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. You never quit loving. You switch the object of your love. That's why the Bible warned us as a Christian, love not the world. It doesn't mean to enjoy the earth and the good things in it and the blessings of the Lord. The world is not just planet earth. The world is a satanic system that is influencing the inhabitants of the earth. And when we begin to embrace that system and we begin to compromise the kingdom principles that we know are true in order to be accepted and embraced by the the world, love not the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can you say amen? You can't serve two masters. For it's a love-hate. For you will love one and like the other. No, you will love one and hate the other. Or you will hate one and love the other. Jesus doesn't leave a middle ground for His followers. There is no middle ground. And yet today the status quo among Christians is not total devotion to Christ. It's not. What draws people today is a message of what's in it for me here and now instead of what's in it for me eternally. The immediate felt needs of people are being addressed and they come by droves to hear that God is going to give them a house like His and a car like hers and their children are all going to be A students and go to the best college and become doctors and lawyers and whatever's. It's all about the gold. It's all about the silver. 
It's all about the concrete and, and metal things that are going to pass away. And yet, the Bible tells us clearly that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And we're going to read that in just a moment, put it in context. Everything. Some of us are having a personal, spiritual shaking. Because there's a parallel when everything in the world, tangible, is being shaken and is going to get more shaken. I was reading last night as I did some studies to look back into the book of Revelation. I was reading simultaneously on the news that a think tank of astronomers and, uh, and scientists are talking about, and they're working on it now. How can, we, how can we divert the inevitable hit by an asteroid or a comet? They said, it's not if it's going to occur. It's when it's going to occur. And isn't it amazing that what they are not just predicting, but, but they are predicting it, but it's not just a prediction without good science and good numbers of possibility behind it. This is not to scare people, but this is just to verify what the Word of God declares. You know what John said? John didn't know an asteroid from a comet, from anything else, any other heavenly body. He just looked at anything glowing and falling out of heaven as a star. So given the knowledge he had and what he saw, in the, he said, I saw a star fall from heaven. It landed in the sea, and it killed a third part of everything living in the sea. That includes human beings on islands. That includes fish under the sea. I saw a star. Isn't it amazing that what he saw in the book of Revelation, scientists and astronomers and the NASA people and all of those people, and you know what our government is doing right now and other governments? They're working together to try to find a way. And it sounds like science fiction or something for a summer movie blockbuster. It is not. They're working together trying to figure out if we discover an asteroid headed our way, what could we do to divert it from destroying every living thing on planet Earth? Half of all living on planet Earth, depending on the size of it. And it don't take something very big with that kind of velocity. So here we are in a day when everything that we think is forever stuff is already being re-evaluated and saying everything isn't forever stuff here. Everything here can be moved. Everything here can be changed. There are no there's there's no guarantees that 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 we're going to be here forever except prophetically in the scripture. Thank God. God is going to step in, and what is going to happen will be in His sovereign plan. And thank God for, thank God for the, thank God for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen? Amen. Everything, everything tangible, everything that is is tangible at all can and will 
be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. God said out of this chaos and out of this crisis, something that I want to happen is going to happen in spite of the chaos and the crisis. There is that that cannot be shaken. There is a spiritual kingdom that we have been placed into when we come to Jesus. That heaven and earth will pass away. His word can't be shaken either. Amen. Heaven as we know it will pass away. The stars are not going to stay where they are. The moon is not going to stay where it is, neither the sun. Isn't it incredible? But His Word is going to stand forever. And He that doeth the will of God, we're just as eternal as the Word. You say, Brother Venable, you're already changing. Look at you. You don't look like you did 30 years ago. Well, 30 years from now, you're not going to look like you look now either. And I hope I'm here to see it. <laughs> see what you look like when you get over 70. Hobbs, let's stay here and check them out. What do you say? You know, he's not the only one with a sense of humor. We had to have some documents signed, and, and my wife uh, asked Brother Taylor and Brother Doug to come and sign those two documents as witnesses to them so it could be notarized. So <laughs> so I was waiting in my office and and uh, Brother Doug and Brother Taylor come in and I think Brother Doug said, well, so the two witnesses are here. I said, okay. <laughs> I said, if you've ever doubted who the two witnesses were in the book of Revelation, he said, we're here right now. Brother Taylor, Brother Doug. And of course, always, when Christmas season gets here, I'm always reading about the Magi, three wise men. And I said, you know, back in Jesus' day, when he was born, there were the three wise men. I said, we've got the three wise guys. And uh, so we know who they are. Listen to me very carefully once again. The things that seem so secure and eternal are things that can, are being, and will be shaken and changed. The heavens are not going to stay the same. The earth is not going to stay the same. Thank God, God, not circumstance or happenstance, is in control. Can you say amen? I'm so glad to be a Christian today. There's no, no place that you can go and feel safe and secure. No place, no place on earth that you can go and feel safe and secure. There are strains of bacteria now that are resistant to every known antibiotic. And that means doctors relying on the known medications are going to have to back off and say, we can't handle this. It's an amazing time to be living. We're living in a time when certain segments of Christianity are downplaying healing for God's people. At the very time when so many doctors are admitting how limited they are to deal with so many different things that we are facing. We need healing back 
in the body of Christ because we have a covenant. This is not something that, that passed away. Oh no, we do not have the 12 apostles that could, could demand miracles or, or command them on demand. We don't have them. They were there and they are gone, but they were not the only ones. God sent another 70 with the same anointing. And He said unto them, He said, the works that I do, you shall do also, because as my Father sent me, so send I you. Amen. So the works that I do, because God sent me with an anointing, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all those that were afflicted of the devil and tormented by the devil spiritually, physically, mentally, whatever the area of bondage was, his anointing broke the yoke. And even as the Father sent me. And by the way, when God sent him, he didn't do those works as God. He did them as a man anointed. When he began his ministry, he walked into the temple at 30 years of age because you couldn't read from the book of the law until you were 30. He opened it up to the book of Isaiah. He read from Isaiah 61, I believe it is, where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for He hath anointed me. Oh, hallelujah. And every part of that anointing is a liberating, setting free anointed, to set the captive free, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to open the eyes of the blind. And don't think about physical healing initially. Think about the blindness the God of this world has blinded the minds of men lest they see the glory of the gospel and receive Christ as their Savior. He said, I'm anointed to cause those scales to fall from those eyes that they can see their lost condition, they can see the provision of a Savior, and they can have an opportunity to come and accept me as their Savior. He said, and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. We talked about this in the parking lot last week, amen, about getting into the Bible. And when you read something like in the book of Matthew there, to let, it will take you back to the Old Testament, to the year of Jubilee. When every bond slave was working out of debt on somebody's farm, somebody's plantation, and they had to work it out until it was paid in full, but every seven years, no matter where they were on paying off their debt, they were set free. They were able to walk away, and the debt is canceled. And not only is the debt canceled, but whoever they were working for would give them enough to get a start on their own. Aren't you glad that a sin debt's been paid for? Aren't you glad that we who were slaves to sin are now servants of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. That the devil doesn't have that kind of control and influence in our life anymore. And to show our appreciation, what did a lot of those, a lot of those slaves, when they were set free, what did they do? It was, it was, you know, I... I I've never wanted to pierce my ear and wear an earring. It would be so cute. I thought 
thought he was coming to slap me. Okay, just checking. He said, I'll slap you silly. I'm already silly, so don't. Just the idea of, you know, them sticking the thing through, just stick the thing through. You know what they would do? They would take a small nail and a wooden mallet called an awl. Those that said, you know something? I'm free. I have total liberty. I can go do my thing. But this master has been so sweet and so kind and so fair. I hate to leave here. I feel he treats me like family. I don't want to go out there and do my thing. I'd rather stay here and serve such a good master. And he would go over. This is the year of Jubilee. Say the year of Jubilee. He'd go over to the doorpost, take a little nail, and nail it through his earlobe to the doorpost, and then pull it back out again. And you know what he did in that act? He said, I am committed to stay right here. I don't want to leave. I want to stay here and serve this master because he's been so good and so kind and so wonderful to me. See, that's supposed to be the devoted life of the child of God, that we appreciate what Jesus has done to set us free so much that we commit ourselves to become his servant. Listen, Doug's handle on email is doulos. D-O-U-L-A-S. And it is the Greek word interpreted from servant. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Servant does not represent what he was saying. Slave represents what he was saying. And see, man has something in us. I'm not going to be nobody's slave. Well, Paul said, I am. And I'm going to do it gladly. I'm not going to do my thing anymore. I'm going to serve God with everything I have for the rest of my life. I'm going to be known as a doulos, a slave of Jesus. This is not in the Bible, but it's biblical to illustrate something. It's, it illustrates a biblical truth. Someone came to visit, it is said, Paul, while he was in prison, being persecuted for preaching the gospel. And Paul is sharing the testimony of Jesus. We know he did that in the Bible because while he was in his bonds <laughs> in jail, he was sharing Jesus and people were coming to Jesus because of his testimony. And he was singing the praises of God. We know they did that when they got in prison. They didn't let the devil steal their song. He's singing praises and he's just praising God and he's praising God and he's in prison. He don't know what his future is going to be. He's just giving God the glory and honor. And one of the men that came to visit him, Saul of Adam, he asked a man outside interceding for Paul as Paul was inside praising God. He said, he said, how can he, how can he praise God? in prison and in bonds with such an uncertain future and persecuted everywhere he goes. They stoned him and left him for dead. And he got up and went on preaching. That's devotion. Not emotion. That's devotion. So he said, why is he doing that? What, 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 it, well, what's his, why, how can he praise God like that in the condition he's in? And the man calmly said, 
he's in love. It's because he's in love. It's because he's in love. And the guy says, well, who with? He said, with Jesus. And the man said, is that all? And the other guy said, that's everything. That's everything. That's everything. Hallelujah. Because when you are in love with Jesus, and if you want to go online and and get this week's teaching, it's along this line. It's an important teaching. And I believe it will help you and I believe it will bless you. Because we're living in the day of the falling away, the day of the shaking, and only true devotion to Jesus will keep you from being caught up in that current that is flowing away from God today. If it was just flowing in the world, we would be safe in the body. But it's not just flowing in the world. It's flowing away in the church world. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And then that man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, will be revealed. I believe he's alive today. I believe he's getting ready to step on the scene today because the falling away is occurring today. Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity, for in a great house there are many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. If you separate yourself from these and flee youthful lust, thou shalt be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet for the Master's use. Sanctified, cleansed, set apart unto God for a holy purpose. And there's a message that's not coming today, and it's the message of separateness. Come out from among them and be ye separate. That's what sanctification does in your life and mine. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Doesn't mean go to the wilderness and not interact with, with, the, with the culture because we're the, we're the salt and we're the light and we've been sent to be a witness to the world, but you can't witness to them becoming like them. You have to have a different value system, a different worldview than they have. For what fellowship hath light with darkness or Christ with Belial? Belial is simply another word for the devil himself. Be not unequally yoked together a believer and an unbeliever. We're not just talking about the sacred bond of marriage alone, but business situations that draw us into that kind of relationship. The Bible said, as much as lies within you, do good to all men, but make it a priority when it's someone that's a brother in Jesus Christ or a sister in Jesus Christ. The falling away is here. The devotion that caused people to sacrifice to serve Jesus and not count it as a loss. The devotion in Paul's heart was so strong. You know, churches today are having, they're over, overburdened with programs to entertain because the cross is not drawing people to a house of worship. And the Christ who died on it is not enough to stimulate and motivate people 
to want to come and serve Him. Right now, there are thousands of people in church this morning because they're being promised a bigger house. More money, more silver, more gold, more prestige, more power. And it's drawing people by the thousands. But when the shaking comes, they will be the first to be shaken loose. If there's no devotion to Jesus, if the motivation to serve Him is just material gain, amen, they will be the first, the very first to bail out. And that message is drawing people by the hundreds of thousands today. And yet Jesus says, beware. And when He says beware, we need to take peculiar Pay particular attention. Beware lest your heart be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, cares of this life, that that day come upon you as a thief, for as a snare, as a trap that closes quickly, it shall come upon all the inhabitants of the earth. None shall escape it. But you are not children of the darkness. You are children of of the light can you say man you are not children of the darkness that that day overtake you as a thief somewhere this morning there's a man in a pulpit preaching and i'm not jealous of his crowd i really don't want that crowd that came to church for that reason because they will not follow jesus if it involves self-denial they will not follow jesus if it means taking up a cross they will not follow Jesus if it means any kind of personal sacrifice. They're not in it to because they love God or the Lord. They're in it for their own personal gratification. And that's why Jesus said, you're not children of the darkness. You're children of the light. And that day is not going to catch you sleeping. It's not going to come upon you as a thief. It's going to catch all the inhabitants of the earth. Certainly all those that have fallen away will be caught by this. But it won't catch you. Hallelujah. Why? Because unto them that look, he sh listen, if you long for Him, you're looking for Him. Because you're going to look for what you long for. And unto him that looketh, He shall appear. Hallelujah. The second time, without sin, unto glory it doesn't mean that he is sinless we know that that's a given that is absolute it means he's not coming in that coming to judge the world he's not coming in that coming to deal with the sinner he's not coming as the judge he's coming as the bridegroom for a bride can you say man hallelujah and to them that look to them that look to them that look he shall appear hallelujah Amen. If you long for Him because you love Him, then you're looking for Him. And if you're looking for Him, you're going to see Him when He comes. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 There's ten virgins. Ten have been prepared for a bridegroom. Five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. Jesus told this. He said the wise filled their lamps with oil. They were ready at any time. Any time. They were ready to meet the bridegroom.
five were foolish and didn't even bother filling their lamps with oil. And he could come at midnight for all they knew. But they were not longing for him. Therefore, they were not looking for him. But the ones that were longing for him were looking for him. And they filled their lamp first thing. He could come tonight. Who knows? But if he comes tonight, we're going to need our lamps lit to get out of where we are, out to where he is. Now, let me give you this before we go home. The entire rapture of the church, the catching away, it is based on the Jewish wedding and courting system. The first thing that happened was a young woman was espoused to a young man. That meant from the time of espousal, she wasn't to date anyone else because she was spoken for. And you know, to show you how this follows the Jewish, the Jewish tradition of his day that they understood and we need to understand to appreciate. It's following the same pattern. The Apostle Paul, when he won people to Christ, he said, I've espoused you now. The moment you receive Jesus, you are espoused to one husband. Amen. In other words, you don't date out anymore. Never forget, I've been married about two years. I was still handsome. I wasn't tall, dark, and handsome. In fact, I wasn't tall at all. But I was handsome to her, and that's all that really mattered. And she was in the cash and carry shopping with a wedding ring on and one of the young men there asked her do you date out in other words I don't care that you got a ring on your finger I don't honor that and if you don't honor it then there's then it's not a big deal he was testing her to see if she would keep her vow to her husband now we're in a culture that doesn't care anymore but back then it riled me. And since I was married, even though I was 17, had been married a year, I felt like, you know, I felt like, son, you don't know who you're messing with. I used to play football. This was B.C., I want you to know. This is before Christ. Come on, somebody give me a fist bump. Homie, don't play that. Can you say amen? I don't play that. I, I didn't ask her to point him out. You know what I mean? Because we would have had words, and words would have led to something else. And since I was short, and, but I was stocky, and I was strong, uh, I always depended on this, what they call a sucker punch. I let people punch me first, and I didn't win many fights. But if I could get the first lick in, and it could be a clean and unexpected, uh, I could knock somebody off their feet and knock them down. I have, not bragging, but this BC, you know, back then I could brag about it. I'm telling you that this morning, uh, I, I did knock one young man out uh, one time, and, and uh, I prayed to the Lord back then. I wasn't saved, but I prayed anyway that he would wake up and be okay because it gave him amnesia. And uh, they called my mama and wanted to know what happened at the bus stop. And 
you know, this guy was flicking my ear all the way home, and he was a bully to everybody on the bus. So when we got off the bus, uh, you know, my mama told me not to let nobody bully me. Mama told me knock you out. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Mama said knock you out. <laughs> so I knocked him out, and he went out. But back then, I thought, don't you see that ring? And it was up to her initially, not me threatening him for hitting on her. But that's going to occur. It was up to her to say, you see this ring? My boyfriend's back and you're going to be in trouble. Because you're kind of big and he's awful strong. I was more than a boyfriend. This wasn't boyfriend. This was husband. Boyfriends and girlfriends haven't made that deep commitment. But if someone has, you wear a ring. I'm spoken for. I'm spoken for. At a conference in Jacksonville, Florida, Christian men going to this conference were taking off their wedding band and hitting on some of the women that were there by themselves until and I had the tape of a Bible study where a Bible teacher had to stop and make an announcement before getting into the teaching to tell the men Christian men at a Christian conference to let the women alone This is Christianity. This is not a bar. This is not a dance club. This is not a club. This is a church conference with 1,500 to 2,000 attending in Jacksonville just a few years ago. Paul said when you come to know Jesus as your Savior, you're espoused to one husband that I may present you a chaste virgin. What does the blood do? It cleanses you so completely that you can wear white at the wedding. So, Can you say, man, clothed in white robes? It's always a white robe. If you're looking for a pinstriped robe, robe or you're looking for a multicolored robe you're looking for a fancy robe no it's got to be a white robe can you say man and it represents the purity that the blood of jesus has left you in after your sins are forgiven praise god hallelujah thank god my wife told him i don't date out hallelujah and you know what we're supposed to tell the devil and our own flesh when temptations come, I'm spoken for. I'm a spouse to one husband. Amen. I have a past, but my past is gone. I have been justified and sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't date out. Can you say amen? I am devoted. I am spoken for. Jesus is coming for a bride. He is called in Scripture, the bridegroom cometh. Because at midnight, there was a cry. 
Ten virgins, five with oil in their lamp, looking for him because they're longing for him. Five with five without any oil in their lamp. Oil is typical and representative of the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Listen to me carefully. In the Jewish wedding, in the Jewish wedding, they were spoken for at a young age. But the father of the groom decided when the groom could go and get the bride and bring her home. It wasn't the groom that decided. It was the father that told the groom to be, you can go get your bride. The bride's job was to be waiting and ready. Didn't Jesus say, be ye also ready? For in an hour you think not, the Son of Man cometh, the bridegroom cometh. And Jesus said, no man knows the day nor the hour. Not even the Son, but the, not even the angels of the Lord, but the Father only. You see the pattern of the Jewish wedding? And so, so the groom is in love. He wants to go get his bride. He can't wait every single day. He says to his father, today? And the father says, no, not today. Not today. I want you to do this. You've got to do that. You're not mature enough. The provisions haven't been made. What are you going to Everything has to be ready. It has to be ready. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Can you say amen? If it were not true, I would have told you. Praise God. Listen to this carefully. Amen. But when, when I, can just, I can just play this out in my mind. And when he's so anxious to go get his bride, his bride, the real bride, not the, not the false bride without the oil, without the authenticity of a true saved heart and life. Listen to me. Amen. But the true church, the true bride of Christ is longing for the bridegroom. And therefore, she's looking for the bridegroom. And she lives in a state of readiness because nobody knew the date or the hour, but the father and the bridegroom groom to be is always on his dad can I go get her today and he finally day after day after day after day until he finally says can I go get her today and the dad says no but you can go get her tomorrow and at one minute after 12 midnight oh oh I'm not being facetious at midnight Come on, at midnight, at midnight, there was a cry. They didn't know when he was going to come. He could come in midnight, and you know what he would do? He would go get his best friends to, to go with him. He said, this is a celebration. Come on, I'm going to get my, my spouse today. Tonight is the night. Today is the day. Tomorrow is here. Hallelujah. After midnight. So at midnight there was a cry. And what was the cry? Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And the five that longed for him and were looking for him were ready for him. Because they had the oil in their lamps. Can you say, man? And they immediately went out. But the five foolish said to the wise, give us of your oil. And they said, no, we can't. See, you can't share salvation with anybody else. 
You can tell them how to be saved. You can share your testimony. But you can't give them of your oil. And that's what they told them. They said the only way you can get oil is to go to them that sell. And they begin to run out and try to find someone to give them oil. And while they were out looking for what they should have had, he came. He took the ones that were ready. And the foolish were left behind. Serious stuff. People sitting in church not ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Chuck Swindoll has a huge church, a huge uh, people reading his books, graduate from Dallas Theological Seminary, preacher, teacher of the Word. He's made his mark as a pastor, as an evangelist in the sense of reaching people through his writings. He speaks at conferences. He has a model church as far as people in it coming every Sunday supporting. And he said, my heart breaks when I look out over my audience on Sunday morning. My heart is broken because I know that many of them in my audience are not ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. And they're not even ready to die because they don't know Jesus as their Savior. They've chosen to come to this church, to come into Bible study, but they've never met the Master. It's amazing for a pastor to admit that about his own congregation. And it's not just because he's not saying, I haven't preached the gospel, taught the gospel, lived the gospel. He's saying there are people that have not yet believed the gospel. And that's a reality. In a prestigious church with a prestigious minister, with all of those people, no wonder a falling away is coming. No wonder the first love has died enough to allow that devotion. By the way, it wasn't the ring that kept us from dating out. It wasn't, it won't keep anybody. It wasn't the piece of paper signed to notarize it and get a, our record that we are man and wife. It was our heart commitment. This is not a, a saying it's okay to just live together without marriage. It's saying that we need a deep commitment within marriage, not just a legal document. And in our walk with the Lord, we need a deep devotion born out of love for Him. Hallelujah. 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 That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. The falling away will allow the son of perdition to be manifest. He will come on the scene during the falling away. And the falling away is occurring. How long it will last, how deep it will go, I don't know. I know it's happening because of pastors with broken hearts speaking to audiences that they know are not devoted to the Lord. That don't need the first love rekindled they need the first love kindled in the first place 
It used to be the message that would bring revival was rekindling the flame and fire of the first love. And now we find there's many people in church that have never fallen in love with him at all. How do you know? Because if you're in love, you're devoted to the person you love. But if you're not in love, there is no devotion. And if there is no devotion, then there's no reason not to date out. Especially in a world that says, whatever pleases me is what I should go after. The me generation. They were advocating adultery the other day. A book had been written and they were interviewing them on CNN. The lady that wrote it said, you owe it to yourself and your relationship to have an affair. You owe it to yourself. Your marriage is getting stale. You're not having as much fun with your partner. You should find someone. Go on a business trip with your boss and, you know, what happens there. Then you can come home fulfilled and not be so demanding on your mate to fulfill you because you're finding fulfillment. In it. And that's the world view. And so when the Bible says love not the world, it's pretty easy for me to say you don't have to worry about that. I will never buy into that. But the world has bought into it because it's all about the immediate gratification of satisfying our own desire. And that's why there's a message called the gospel, which is not the gospel. Because to follow Jesus, it doesn't start with self-indulgence. It starts with self-denial. And that doesn't leave you empty. It makes more room for God. Somebody say glory. I said it makes more room for God. Listen to these three scriptures today. This time of shaking is here. Let me read them quickly. Doug, could you hold the mic for me while I read these? Just hold it where I can read these together. First one is in Haggai. Chapter 2 and verse 6. And it says, as we close, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while. I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. Before that blessing occurs, there comes a great shaking of all nations, of heaven and earth. I want you to turn with me to the New Testament or write it down. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25 listen to it carefully see that you do not refuse him who speaks for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth but now he promised saying yet once more there's that same term i read in Haggai. Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more 
indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken might remain. Everything, the stars, the earth, the oceans of the sea, everything that has been made is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, everybody say a spiritual kingdom, which cannot be shaken. Aren't you glad in the midst of all this shaking that you've got a hold of something which cannot be shaken? Hallelujah. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Oh, but the fire that brings fear to the world, hallelujah, brings comfort and warmth and consolation to us. We don't run from it. We run to it. For He baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Shekinah glory. And we're not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. One more scripture. Can you stand it? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 through 13. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens, didn't he say it, shall pass away with a great noise. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up, shaking. Everybody say shaking. Everything that can be, everything that is made of molecules and atoms and wood and stone, everything, everything that man puts his foundation on, puts his trust in, is going to be shaken. So that that which cannot, might remain. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be. We ought not to be, amen, putting our roots down in this earth and world that's going to be shaken, but in an everlasting kingdom of God which cannot be shaken. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. My old body's going to fail one of these days. It can be shaken. This one I have now can be shaken, but the one I'm going to receive in God's kingdom is going to be fashioned after His glorious body corruptible, that that can be corrupted, that that can be shaken is going to put on incorruption, that that cannot be shaken mortal which can die is going to put on immortality which will never die can you say amen, something's going to remain and it won't be my remains hallelujah, come on it won't be my ashes, it won't be my bones, hallelujah for when he comes when he comes when He comes, we're going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And our vile bodies shall be fashioned after His glorious body. And we will know Him as He is, for we shall be like Him. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! You go for the gold and silver, and I'll go for the kingdom of God. 
You go for the house and the car and the Rolex and I'll wear a Timex and praise God because I can't be shaken. Oh, by the way, there's nothing wrong with having a Rolex. It's going to be shaken one of these days. And knowing that this is going to occur, what manner of persons ought you to be? Come on, church, in all holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Father, I praise you today. I praise you today. I praise you today. Glory to God. Amen. How many want to get closer to Him? Because you know what's coming. And you know who's coming. And you know the world is going to be caught like a trap. As a snare it shall come upon all the inhabitants of the earth. But you're not of the, you're, you're, you're not of the darkness. You are children of the light. Can you say man? You are enlightened. You understand this. You are living in a state of readiness. Glory be to God. If you want to finish this, sometime we'll teach on the entire thing. When, they go, when we go back to heaven with Him, we meet Him in the air. He doesn't touch planet Earth or terra firma. He will come in that second coming, not the secret coming. The second coming, He'll stand up on the particular mountain. Amen. But in the secret coming for His bride, that midnight cry that Dale used to sing about, Behold, the bridegroom comes. He's not going to touch the earth. We're going to rise and meet Him where? In the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That means we're going back with Him until He comes to deliver His covenant people, the seed of Abraham, by birthright, the Jewish people. The second coming is then. The secret coming occurs before the second coming. They are not one and the same. Hallelujah. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. And when he gets back to the Father's house, they are sequestered. They consummate their marriage in the joy and bliss of that honeymoon. They lock them in a room. I wish they had given us a room. I was so poor from the flow up. I was, my uncle's 32 foot old, it wasn't even a travel trailer, just an old eight wide 32 foot trailer. That's where we spent our honeymoon. And to make sure I went to work on Monday morning, my mama came out front honking the horn, Bobby, are you up? Time to go to work. Hey, you got a wife with a baby on the way? Your mama going to make sure you go to work. 
said, yes, mama, I'm going to work. I'm broke. Baby needs some milk. Mama needs some shoes. Buy her some flip-flops, can you say amen? Hallelujah. You know what they did? Following the Jewish ceremony. They understood it. They got it. We don't see it that way. Seven days they are locked in at the Father's house in a chamber prepared for them. And and they 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 knock on the door. And if there's a knock back, it means the marriage is consummated. Ain't no turning back now. Ain't no annulment going to occur. It's done deal forever. Can you say man? Seven. Everybody say seven. For seven days, where's the church? Where where is the bride and the bridegroom? They're in that wedding chamber. And after seven days they come out, the father's house, the inheritance is granted them, and all the farm or whatever it is. Listen, during the tribulation. The church is on the earth and God's talking to them till the fourth chapter. Till the fourth chapter. Before the plagues begin to fall, before all of the wrath of God is poured out on everybody down here, there is a cry. You know what it is? The Bible said, I heard the sound of a trumpet that talked. It was loud, but it said something that I heard the sound of a trumpet and a voice that said, Come up here! Come up here! And from fourth chapter forward, the church is with Him in heaven, watching the things occur upon the earth. The vantage point has changed for the church. Hallelujah! Amen. And the tribulation is a seven-year period. And at the end of the seven-year period, here comes Jesus on a white horse with a name on His thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the armies of heaven follow Him, having on white robes, clean and white. White robes are the righteousness of the saints. Can you say, man? The indication is we go home with Him and we come back with Him because if we suffer with Him, we're going to rule with Him and we're going to reign with Him forever and forever. Can you say, man? Woo! Hallelujah. Don't call 911. We're just fine. I can't help but shout. I can't stay nonchalant. I can't be low-key, brother. I can't. Not, not knowing these things are about to occur. Knowing what's about to happen. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet today? Glory to God. Once again, are you glad you came? Did you know it's... Without my glasses, it's 1.30. Oh... Oh no, that's the that's the second hand. <laughs> God has been good today. Has time passed pretty quick because we're dealing with something that God wants us to know and, and we open our heart to receive it. How many are glad to be a Christian today? Sealed by the Holy Spirit, part of the bride of Christ. 
that don't date out, that I may present you a chaste virgin unto Christ. He's worthy of that kind of church. And by the way, when conviction comes in here, don't turn it into or let the devil turn it into condemnation. Because Christ loved the church, gave himself for it, Ephesians 5, that he might cleanse it by the washing of water by the Word. Can you say amen? How many has ever had the Word of God convict you and you went through a cleansing thing? I want you to know when I preach this, I don't preach it condescendingly down to you. I am personally involved first and foremost. Can you say amen? Lest having preached to others, I myself become a castaway. I want to be true to God. I want my lamp trimmed and burning. Remember the song we used to sing it? Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Burning till the bright of day. Gates are going to be pearl, streets are going to be golden. But before I admire the gate and notice the gold under my feet, I want to see him who stayed on the cross so I could live with him and be forgiven. Oh, and after I see him, there's a them accumulating there. I want to see my son. I don't believe you're going to stop and admire the gate. I think you're going to run through it, hug Jesus, and then somebody standing just behind him with their arms out to you as your mama. Aren't you glad for the blessed hope we have that she had and now has come to fruition and that we have? Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ today. When the, they sing, it has become a, a, a jazz song in Louisiana when the saints were marching in. It's more than a jazz song for people in Louisiana. It should be the anthem of the church. And it shouldn't be, I want to be in that number. It should be, I'm going to be in that number. When my name is called, I will answer. Hallelujah. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let's give him praise as we leave. Are you ready? Thank you, Heavenly Father. Next week we will be back at Fellowship Baptist. We have a, we have a, we have, it's not a contract because there's already a contract on it, but we are next in line if the contract fails. And they're not too confident in the contract because they told me, they said, you know, it'll be a little while before this opens back up so they don't expect it to go through. But uh, if it's God, it won't go through. And if it's God, ours will go through. So I want you to know we're actively knocking, seeking. But in the meantime, we're not skipping a beat. We want to move forward in the spiritual visitation and revival that God has for us. And I believe it's here. I felt his presence today, David. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So keep in touch with us. And, and, uh, and by the way, and I, I don't say this, there are two people in this room that are waiting on settlements that are due them legally and I have been told by both of them if I get that settlement I'm going to bless you amen so uh, we're just praying to get the settlement if it's your intent to 
to bless, then I believe it's God's intent to bless you to be a blessing. Can you say amen? So whatever's hanging it up and holding it up, we release it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we'll all be blessed together in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to be in that number. Wave at me if you're going to be in that number today. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you're a Christian today? Hallelujah. In times such as this, so great to know Jesus. So good to know. Hallelujah. So good to know.